welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. come down from the cross just to save himself. He decided to die just to save me. He would not come down from the cross. He could have, but he wouldn't. He could have. He had every right to. But he wouldn't come down from the cross just to save himself. He decided to die just to save me. He thought I was worth saving. So it came and changed my life. He thought I was worth keeping. So he cleaned me up inside. He thought I was to die for. So he sacrificed his life so I could be free. So I could be whole. Now I'll tell everyone I know. Hallelujah! show. That's the show. That's the show. That's the show. Hallelujah. 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 Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Verses 7 through 12 is what we're reading today. said, surely I have seen the oppression of my people, Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Surely I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. It's a lot of ites. 
Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Somebody say me. And I have also seen the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed them, with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you. (laughs) Somebody say you. Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Topic for this morning. It's our continuation in our series, Throw It Down. Woo, Jesus. And the topic for today is get up. Get up. Look at somebody say get up. Get up. Get up, get up. Y'all need to participate with me this morning. I'm a little little wrecked already. <laughs> Y'all need to participate with me this morning. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, get up. Get up. You've been sleeping for too long. Get up. Get up. Get up. You've been you've been asleep for too long. You've been down for too long. Somebody say, get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. That'll preach all by itself. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we've been walking through this series through the Lenten season, the Lenten season, right? The Lenten season is a season where we learn self-sacrifice. As a body of believers, the Lenten season is a season where we learn self-sacrifice. It's a season where we decide to die. Wow. I need y'all to preach with me. I need y'all to preach with me. It's a season where we decide to die, just like Jesus decided to die. It's a season where we decide to die. So that we can understand what it looks like to follow in the footsteps of our Lord. Amen. It's a season where we put down things that we otherwise have the right to take up. I I think it means a little bit more this morning than it has over these last 40 days. He would not come down from the cross. It's a season where we decide to die. So we decide to lay things down. We otherwise have the right to take up. Because we want to follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We've been walking together over the last five, six weeks through this Lenten season, and we've been talking about throwing things down. First, we talked about throwing things down by getting rid of what you have, the things that are in your hand that you depend on more than you depend on God. Amen, somebody. Throw it down. Throw, Moses had to throw down his staff. Some of you have to throw down a lot of things that you've been depending on. Your, 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 your goodness, your ability, your talent. You need to just throw it down at the foot of Jesus, at the foot of the cross, so that you can stop depending on you and start depending on God again. Throw it down. Throw it down. And the second week, we had to get rid of our expectations. Minister Richardson did a fabulous job helping us understand that we need to check our expectations at the cross to ensure that what we expect is in line is aligned with God's dreams and desires for us. We can have expectations that move us outside of the will of God, but the goal of the cross is to align ourselves. When we throw things down, we are to align ourselves with the expectations, the dreams, and desires of heaven for us not what we just want. Then we talked about getting rid of abandonment. Someone say abandonment. Abandonment. We're not slaves anymore, saints. Hallelujah. We're not slaves anymore. (laughs) 
We're not slaves. God did not create us to be slaves. He freed the children of of Israel, and he freed us too. Freed the children of Israel. He freed us too. We are no longer slaves or servants of the creator God, but we are daughters and sons created in his image and in his likeness, heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. And then he called us to get rid of striving. God is not opposed to us working really hard. He's not opposed to us doing things that are productive. He's not opposed to us progressing, advancing, or developing toward a better, more complete, more modern state. But God in this season is absolutely, positively, 100% opposed to us striving. He's opposed to us working extra hard to achieve something that we know is already heaven's promise to us. And just last week, just last week, we talked about getting rid of our false identities, getting rid of the places where we have taken on other people's voices, the things that they've said about us, the things that they've told us about us, the ways that they said that we would live and operate in the world. And all of this is from the example of Moses, getting rid of false identities by quieting the voices that we've heard for so long so that we can hear from God again. We can remember who we are. In our text this morning, we find that Moses has gone through a whole bunch of life. Our text this morning, we find out that Moses has gone through a whole bunch of life. He's had to. He's had to do the work of getting rid of what he had. He had to do the work of getting rid of his expectations and getting rid of abandonment and getting rid of striving and getting rid of false identity. He had to understand that even though he was who he was, he knew he was called to be, he had to reconcile the fact that he was actually born a slave, saints. He was born a slave. He's no longer a slave. He's a dog. He's a son of God. He had to realize that he was sent down the river by his mama. Sent all by himself down the river by his mama. He was picked up and drawn out by Pharaoh's daughter, and he was raised in a palace as a prince. He had to realize, he had to know that he was Hebrew by blood, but everybody saw him as somebody else, an Egyptian. He had to realize that when he grew up, when he grew up, he killed an Egyptian, and he ran away to Midian to escape the death of the hands, by the hands of his own grandfather. And now he's met God at a bush that's burning but not burned up. He's meeting meeting God, even in hiding, at a fire that is not consuming what should be consumed. And as Moses is there after he took his shoes off, as Moses is there after he took his shoes off, after Moses is there, after he's reminded who he is, he's... He's the one who is in the presence of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He said, as as he's standing there and he's with God, he's reminded that God has come to see about him. In his hiding place, God's come to see about him. And he's come to see about him because not only is God concerned about Moses, God is concerned about God's people. God is not just concerned about the runaway, the murderer, the one who's allowed his identity to be hidden in the words of other people. But God is actually concerned about those that he's trying to figure out who he is a part of. He's concerned about the Hebrews because those people are the ones that God calls by his name. And as Moses had run away as an Egyptian, seen as an Egyptian, spending time 40 years with a priest 
learning how to recognize the presence of God without ever engaging with the same. He was around the presence of God, but he never engaged with the presence of God. So he knew when presence was in the room, he just didn't know how to entertain ah. the presence of God. He knew when God was That's around, good. That's good. he just didn't know how to set the table and be in the presence of the king. So when God showed up, God had to remind him, I am the God of your fathers. Yes, I am the God of Abraham, your fathers, the mm. God of Abraham, not Pharaoh. The God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm the God of your fathers. I am the one that you are from. I created you. <laughs> they may claim you, but I, I created you. He's at this bush and he's trying to figure out 40 years raised in a house as a prince, 40 years hiding in the presence of God, not entertaining the same. And now he's at this burning bush and God starts talking to him. And as God's talking to him, God says to him, I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry and of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. And then I'm going to jump down and he says, I've heard the cry of your people. Come now, therefore, and I will send you Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, Moses had been struggling for 40 years as the prince of Egypt. He'd been struggling for 40 years in the presence of God, not entertaining the same. And now God is saying to him, for the 40 years of struggle in a place that you could not show up fully as yourself, and for the 40 years of struggle where you could not show up fully as yourself, the 40 years of struggle where you were taught how to be a prince, <laughs> but preach. you weren't who you really were. Man, preach. 40 years of struggle where you were taught my presence, but you weren't sure how to show up how you really were. For those 80 years that you were taught how to be around me, Woo, preach, man, preach. taught how to be around me, you were taught how to be around me, but you weren't taught how to show up like I created you to show, to show up for the, for the 80 years. I have now come as the culmination of my power and my presence. Yes, I called you to be a prince, but I didn't call you to be their prince. Yes, I called you to be in my presence, but I am not the God of the Midianites. I am the God of your fathers. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I am the God... Jacob, I taught you how to be a prince, but not theirs. I taught you how to be in my presence, but not for the Midianites. Now I am calling you to be the prince of your people. I've been confused about who you were for 80 years' time. Now I'm here in this burning bush to let you know that, yes, you are a prince. But you are the prince of the Hebrews, the one I called, the ones that I, yes, you are a priest, but you are the priest of your people, and I have called you to lead them out of bondage. I ain't got three points this morning, I'm just going to talk to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Some of y'all have been confused all of your lives. Bro, preach. You know who you are, but you're around the wrong people. Golly. Preach. Uh, oh, my Jesus. You know who you are, but you're around the wrong people. You know that you were created to lead. You know that you were created by God to do great things. But everybody around you is convincing you that you are the tail. But you know you're the head. Everybody around you convinced you that you are less than. You know you are everything that God created you to be. And the reason why you're having a hard time sleeping at night is because you are still wearing your false identity. But God has come today to allow you to take those clothes off and to put on Jesus. Somebody say, put on Jesus. Put on the author and the finisher of your faith. Put on faith. Put on Jesus. Put on Jesus. And I believe we've been walking through this season where we're talking about Moses for all these weeks, these five, six weeks, these five, six weeks. But I finally can get to the point now, sit down. We just talk and sit down. I finally can get to the point now where we can, we can get to the point now where over these five weeks we've been talking about Moses. But we really haven't been talking about Moses, y'all. <laughs> we really, in all honesty, bro, we really haven't been talking about Moses. There's this theological concept that I learned in school called types and shadows. Types. <laughs> oh, bless his name. Types and shadows. Yes, Lord. There's a theological concept that I learned, types and shadows. This is a traditional interpretation of a type involves us seeing a historical person, place or event, or institution as having a future historical fulfillment. The types are molds, they're templates, they're patterns, they're examples of spiritual realities. Types are historical persons or events that are different in kind from allegory or parable in that types refer to a literal, somebody say literal, a literal, a real, a tangible object or a literal fulfillment of what the type is trying to get us to understand. That's a lot of words. Y'all with me? It's a lot of words. It's a lot. We were really, we were talking about Moses, but we weren't really talking about Moses. We were talking about a type of Jesus. Are, are y'all with me? We were talking about Moses, but we weren't really talking about Moses. Moses just represents as a type of Savior. Moses represents as a type of deliverer. See, we were talking about Moses because he was born a slave. He was sent down the river by his mama. Hallelujah. He was sent down the river by his mama. He was picked up and drawn out by Pharaoh's daughter. He was raised. He was raised by a, a pal in the palace as a prince. He was known as a Hebrew by blood, but everybody saw him as an Egyptian. And when he had grown up, he was killed by the Egyptians, or he killed an Egyptian and ran to Midian. And he met God at a burning bush. But Moses, yes, was born a slave and made a prince. But Jesus was the king of kings and was born in a stable as a pauper. 
Yeah, let's flip it around just a little bit. Moses was sent down by the river, down the river by his mama, but Jesus was sent to earth by his daddy. Moses was picked up and drawn out by Pharaoh's daughter, but Jesus normalized adoption by being adopted by his daddy, Joseph. Hallelujah, Jesus. Moses was raised in a palace as a prince, but Jesus was raised by Hebrew, poor Hebrew parents. Moses knew what it was like to have Hebrew blood, but was seen as an Egyptian. Jesus knew what it was like to be the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, but everybody looked at him as just a man. Moses, when he grew up, he was he killed an Egyptian and ran away in Midian for 40 years to escape death. But Jesus, when it was time for his earthly ministry to be revealed, he ran away to the wilderness, not for 40 years, but for 40 days. Not so he could escape death, but so he could run headlong into it. Just for me, he did it just. He did it just for me. And when it was time for Moses to meet God, it happened at a burning bush fire, an element of nature, but when it was time for me, Jesus, for Jesus to be confirmed in his earthly ministry, he met God in the water. This is my beloved son in whom, hallelujah, in whom I am well pleased. The elements are important, saints. Yes, we do need to be baptized in the water, but we also need to be baptized by fire. Hallelujah. 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 Now we don't walk through Holy Week. We got a type and we got a shot. We got a type. We got a type. We got a type of Christ in Moses. He did a fabulous job by helping us understand what Jesus would look like when he came. He did a fabulous job by helping us look like what you see what Jesus would look like when he came. And now when Jesus arrives on the scene, he arrives to die. To die. Arrives. See, sometimes it's really hard to preach because I just want to worship. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes it's hard to preach because I just want to jump on in the water. He arrived to die. He arrived to die. Hallelujah. And we just walk through Holy Week. On Palm Sunday, he shows up. Shows up to the praises of the people. <laughs> Shows up to the praises of the people, everybody screaming and yelling and hollering. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. He rides in on a donkey. Everybody is trying to get him to jump into his false identity. <clears throat> they wanted a certain type of king. <laughs> Hallelujah. They wanted a certain type of king, but he didn't get to show up as their king as they wanted him to show up. He had to show up as the king that he was created to be, the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Then we get to Monday where he gets the opportunity to curse what he created. <laughs> curse the tree. And if he can curse a tree, he can curse a church. Because ain't no fruit there. Had the opportunity to curse what he created and curse a tree. Hurry up, David. If you can curse a tree, curse a tree because there was no fruit. There, there was no fruit. 
So he said, cursed be you, and he withered up immediately, and it died. And the disciples, they were taught what faith looks like in that moment. He said, if you just have the faith the size of a mustard seed, y'all going with me, you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed, cast into the sea, and it will have to listen to you. I don't, I don't have to do it. I don't care what mountain is in your way. All you have to do is have a little bit of faith. And you can speak. Close your eyes right now and speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain, the mountain of your husband, the mountain of your wife, the mountain of your just speak to them. Hurry up, David. The mountain, speak to it with the little bit of faith that you have. Speak and let it be cast into the sea into the elements that God created. Then on Tuesday, Tuesday was silent, and God still spoke to us in the silence. And then on Wednesday, there was a Passover celebration. <clears throat> there was a Passover celebration for us this year on Wednesday. Passover celebration, and Passover means when I see the blood, huh? When I see the blood. <laughs> when I see the blood. There was a plague after Moses finally identified who he was who was allowing God to use him to get the people of Israel free. And God said, after the, the ninth, the nine plagues, it didn't work. The tenth plague said, when I, he said, I'm going to kill every male child, firstborn male child. Every one of them, I'm going to kill them. But when I see the blood... <laughs> I should have been dead and gone, but God saw the blood. <laughs> I should have been. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And then Thursday, he decided, he asked the disciples to watch with him for one hour. On Monday, Thursday, he asked the disciples to watch with him for one hour. One hour. Can you pray with me? Can you pray with me for an hour? Because I'm about to die. Pray with me for just an hour. I, it's going to be hard for me in a minute. I'm about to die. Can you pray with me for just an hour? And they said, yeah, God, will go. And they fell asleep. Yeah. Fell asleep. I heard somebody say just this week, the ground was cursed in Genesis. But Jesus decided to go to the garden and pray. Sweat drops of blood out of his body and that blood hit the cursed ground and before he died he redeemed us from the curse of our work before he, before he died he redeemed Thursday, Thursday, that was Thursday and then we got to Good Friday we got to Good Friday we heard the seven last words of our Savior got to the place where he died, we got to the place where he was hung up for our hang-ups. Come on, brother. We got to the place where he was hung up for our hang-ups. Hallelujah. He got, we got to the place where the one who was crucified for us decided to walk down the Via Della Rosa. He decided, yes, Lord, hallelujah. He, we, he, we got to the place where he was whipped for us. He was beaten with a cat of nine tails got to the place where the flesh from his body was flying here. 
Got to the place on Friday where we recognize that he died. Hallelujah. Got to the place on Friday where we recognize that he died. He died until the crowd got quiet. He died until the centurion had to admit that this is, surely, this is the Son of God. He normalized adoption as he was dying. And as he died, he ripped the curtain in two so that we would have access to the Father again. Did he die, saints? Did he die, saints? He died until the Son had to hide its face. He died until death had to apologize to him. He died, he died. He died until it was good for me to be saved. He died until I was forgiven, and he died until I was free. Then on Saturday, hallelujah, Saturday, he preached in hell. <laughs> oh, my Jesus. He went to hell, and he said, all power is given unto me. He preached until the ones who were bound had to come out free. He preached until the ones that were de deceived by the devil himself had to realize that there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. He preached until he had to get to the place where the enemy knew that he was subject to the one that created him. But then on early... <laughs> After Sunday, after Monday, after Tuesday, after Wednesday, after Thursday, after Friday when he died, and after Saturday when every captive one that wanted to be free was able to come out and say victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. On Sunday morning, early, hey, 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 hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> early, early Sunday morning, the dude was still on the ground. The men were still sleeping, but the women got up to go dress his body. They got up, they ran to the tomb. They ran to the tomb. When they got there, they saw a stone rolled away. They said, where have you laid my Savior? Where, where, where have you laid him? I know he was right here. But when they got there, the tomb was empty. Death had lost its sting. Death was swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, oh, death. Where is the stink? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Slow down, David. I don't know where I'm at, Miss Anna.
He got up. He got up for you. He got up for me. He got up with all power in his hand. He got up. And because he got up, you can get up too. Topic for this morning. I know Moses was down. The topic for this morning is get up. You've been down for far too. Get up, get up, get up. You've been bound for far too long. The word of the Lord for you is get up. Get up out of your trespasses and sin. Get up out of that low place. Get up out of the lies that the people have told you and you believed them before. Get up, get up, get up. He was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And with his stripes, every time they whipped him, healing flew from his body. With his stripes, with his stripes, with his stripes, you're healed. Healing is the children's bread. Can somebody give him glory while you get up? Somebody give him glory while you get up. While at the cross. I wish I had a praiser that was willing to praise your God for helping you get up today. I wish I had a praiser. One, I wish I had one that was glad for the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah. 
Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. You better bless him, baby. You better bless him. You better bless him. You better bless him. Somebody say glory. Somebody say glory, 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 glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Glory, 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 glory. Somebody got up today. Hallelujah. 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 Some of y'all came to church this morning because it's Easter. Some of y'all came. And you know what? I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I had to do a little bit of study. You know what I mean? I had to do a little bit of study with regard to world religions. Y'all can stand up. Y'all can sit down. I don't care what you do. I had Listen here. I had to do a little bit of study about world religions. I had to do a little bit of studying about world religions, and I feel like Christianity is the only place that doesn't make room for those who don't practice. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel like, hallelujah, somebody need to get free. I feel like freedom's in your feet. I don't know. My Lord, somebody, so I don't know. I had to do a little bit of study. Every other world religion, they make room for people that don't practice. And you can still be a part of them. But we call you bad words. <laughs> we don't make room for you at the foot of the cross. But hey, 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 if this is the first time you've been in church all year long and you plan for it to be the last time that you're going to be in church all year long, there's room at the cross. There's room, there's room. 
There's room. There's there's room. We're not mad at you. We're not mad. There's room at the cross for you too. There's room at the cross for you too. Head bowed, every eye closed. Doors of this church are open. They are wide open. Wide, wide open. We got communion if you're at home, get ready. Well, my Jesus, every other world religion makes room for people that don't practice, but we do a bad job of making space for those that don't know how to entertain the presence of our king. Moses did it for 40 years. Why am I yelling? Moses did it for 40 years. Moses did it for 40 years. He was around God, but he ain't know how to entertain God. You've been around God all these years, but you don't know how to entertain the one you've been around. Hey, I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus on this resurrection Sunday. I can't stop crying. I give you Jesus. He's the peace that surpasses all of your understanding. He will make everything make sense. It may not be today, but I promise you, I prop, I I promise you, I promise you, he's going to make everything make sense. I promise he's going to make everything, in good time, he's going to make everything make sense. All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this first step. I'll trust you with this first step. You've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now is your time, and today is your day. I offer you Jesus. Just come down the aisle. I don't care. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, come on. Come on. Come on. Now is your time, and today is your day. If you're worshiping with us virtually, just say, it's me. It's me. It's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Just say, it's me. It's cool. That's all you got to do. Put something in there so we can recognize that you are coming to Christ for the first time. If it's you, you, you have followed Jesus. We know you know you have, but you've decidedly walked away. I don't know if you were a murderer like Moses and you running away from God because you shamed. I don't know. I don't know if you did some things the other night that you running away from God. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was me at one point, too. Praise his name. It was me at one point, too. I ran away from God for quite some time. Hallelujah. But God welcomed me back. The doors of this church are open for you to be welcomed back. Thank you, brother. Doors of this church are open for you to be welcomed back. You don't have to run anymore. You don't have to hide from the kind master that we serve. He died because he knew what you were going to do before you ever did it. You want to come back into fellowship with like-minded believers? Come on back home. And if you need a church home, Redeemer is a great place to call home. We're not perfect, but we're doing everything we possibly can moment by moment and day by day to get right with God. Hallelujah. And do it now. <laughs> get right with God. He's going to show you how. Hallelujah. Come on, Pat. Come on, sir. We offer Christ to you. Oh, my brother. Oh, we offer Christ to you. Oh, my sister, oh, he will give you brand new life, new life abundantly, oh, come. 
Blessing to be able to celebrate the resurrection, sa- resurrected Savior. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord Jesus, help me. Lord, help me. No, I'm. Mm-mm. Hold on, we got we got some things to do before I keep running. I miss Ed, I don't know where I'm at. I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. 